enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I will be your host as we discuss the future of Doctor Who. If you haven't caught up on the recent seasons, you may want to save this episode and tune in later because there will be spoilers. We will be discussing potential spoilers for the upcoming Doctor Who specials as well. In the last few weeks, the Doctor Who fandom has been treated to lots of incredible news. Old companions and old doctors returning, former showrunners returning, and the news of a new doctor and a new companion announced. If this is your first time tuning in to the Temple of Geek podcast, welcome. The Temple of Geek podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeks from the Temple of Geek team. Here we cover all manner of geek and pop culture news and events. To our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. With me today are two people who are first-time guests on the Temple of Geek podcast, and I'm really excited to have them here. Welcome to the podcast. Can you two briefly introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you? Hi, I'm Divinity, and I am best known for like maybe my TikTok platform. I am a life action potato, and I love fun fandom. Hi, I'm Nikki or Nicole. Either one is fine. I'm just an all-around geek, writer, working on a novel, mostly spending my time, you know, reading books, watching TV. Awesome. Welcome, guys. And for those who don't know, my name is Monica. I am the editor-in-chief at Temple of Geek. Today, we're discussing the future of Doctor Who, like we said before. But before we get into that, I really want to know what your Doctor Who journey is. When did you guys discover Doctor Who and who was your first Doctor? So my best friend actually introduced me to the Doctor Who franchise. We were actually watching that show Community. And, you know, Abed and Troy has that like inspired little set or whatever by like Doctor Who. And it's like a reoccurring theme in the show. And my best friend was like, oh, like, have you ever watched Doctor Who? Like he used to watch the really old episodes with his dad and stuff. So I was like, no, I, you know, kind of saw a little something about it, but never really got into it. We watched like the first season of the new Who or whatever. So I'm, I'm definitely a new Whovian. <laughs> Haven't watched any of the like older Doctor Who episodes and I was immediately hooked. Okay. Immediately hooked. I would say that that was like my first introduction to it. So although I watched it from the very first reboot, my first Doctor, I would say was David. Like that was the one I really first like connected with. Did you ask who my favorite Doctor was yet or no? Tell me though. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So I love David. When David regenerated, I lost, lost it. Like literally was so upset. My friend has me on camera storming through his house, just swearing. And I was so mad. I was so sad. And then he like regenerates into Matt, that version of the doctor. And I sat there with my arms crossed for like the first six episodes. (laughs) I was so mad. And now everyone always asks me, who's your favorite doctor? It's Matt. Matt. (laughs) I love Matt. Matt is my favorite doctor. (laughs) What about you, Nikki? What was your Doctor Who journey like? Who's your favorite doctor? Okay, so I had a few friends that were really into the show, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch it. 
but it was on Netflix at the time. Not anymore, sad. I have HBO now, so thank God I can watch it. Um, so what happened was I decided, it was like 2011 when I started watching it. So I just graduated high school, decided to get into it. My first, like many, was uh, Christopher Eccleston. So series, uh, first series of the reboot was definitely just, it was amazing for me. I, it was a little slow for me at first, but end of the world, and he was so sassy with Cassandra that I really just, I just fell in love at that point. I went around a bit of who was my favorite doctor, because after Chris, I really loved David, and like Divinity, I was so, it took me so long to, to like Matt. It took me at least half the season before I really loved him. If I'm thinking about it after rewatching the series, I would say Chris is actually my favorite doctor. And I'm so glad I got to meet him right before pandemic, like, shut down everything. It was, it made my year. Uh, Divinity, if you're not familiar, uh, there's a Doctor Who convention that happens every February in Los Angeles. And it's the largest North American Doctor Who convention. And even though it's very small and intimate, it's large for its scale. But it happens every year. That's where I met Nikki. And this in 2020, a month before the pandemic shut down, we were able to have one last convention, and it was Doctor Who, and Christopher Eccleston was there for the first time. Oh He'd God, only done like amazing. maybe two other con appearances ever before this one, and then everything shut down right after. So we were so lucky to get Chris in right at the end of it. That is magical. Yeah, I definitely have to go when it opens back up again. For me, um, I'd have to say, though, I so I started the same way, which was watching on Netflix. And I think it was the same year. It was 2011 because my I had an infant at the time and he was born in 2011. And I started with Matt because my partner and my brother were watching it. They were just watching. They were in Matt Smith's era when I started kind of like noticing that they were watching this weird sci fi show. And I thought, oh, my God. The special effects on these are terrible. Why are you watching this weird show? And so then I sat down for one episode, and it was Matt Smith's first episode, The 11th Hour. And I was like, oh, I love this. I love it with their terrible, terrible special effects. Like, I love this show. So I watched Matt Smith's run on Netflix. He has a very special place in my heart because he was my first doctor. But eventually, I think that my favorite doctor is Jody, And the reason for that is because when we were getting kind of rumors that we were going to get a female doctor, I was kind of very against it. And I didn't really know why. Part of it was like, oh, I kind of romanticized him as a man and I just didn't want it to change or I thought it would change everything on the show. But when I saw the teaser trailer where they announced that Jodie Whittaker was going to be the doctor, I lost my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know that I needed to see myself as the doctor, like to have a female doctor. And I did not realize that I needed that. And I had realized in that moment that I had always seen myself as a companion and not the main character in the world and whether it was just like society putting that into you that you were just like the sidekick women were the sidekicks they weren't the main character and that minute where I saw Jodi take her hood off and I saw that it was a woman that was playing the doctor it just did something to me on a level that I I can't really explain and ever since like I have just been obsessed with the fact that the doctor was a woman and 
I loved her run. It wasn't a perfect run, but I loved it. And so Jodi is my favorite doctor. But yeah, I mean, I love all the doctors. I haven't delved in a lot into Classic Who, but I love all the doctors. Can I ask you guys who your favorite companions are? Yeah. Um, also, just to kind of go off of what you just said, too, like seeing yourself in the doctor. Matt is my favorite doctor for a lot of reasons, but... I had a similar feeling that you had with Jody when they introduced us to the fugitive doctor. Seeing a black woman who was a doctor literally made me cry. <laughs> like I got, and it still gets so emotional because like I came to love this show so, so freaking much. But yeah, so favorite companions. I would say it's probably a split between... Martha and Donna. Like those two are my favorite for sure. Is there any reason why in particular that they're your favorite? I guess Martha, especially because like she's a very get it done, has a very like badass attitude. Even though she's a, a companion, she made a lot of her own decisions. You know, she's very independent and I did love that about her. Donna was just hilarious. And she said all the things we have been thinking about the doctor since the beginning. Like she, <laughs> Donna was like, I see you when you see me, girl, we see each other. <laughs> like, And I really love that about Donna. She was like, just like super funny. I like that she was like an older woman as well. Like, you know, taking up that space and was just keeping up and showing us like, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like you can still live your life and have fun and dream big and go on adventures. And I really love that about Donna. She's definitely a favorite. Yeah, I would definitely say Donna. I think she's very relatable. She's got a lot of, you know, her issues and security. And honestly, that's what makes her farewell even worse because she never thought she was special. She gets to be special. It's taken away from her. Um, but also, I really love Rose. And it probably, you know, boils down to the fact that she was the first companion for me. And also the fact that she is our stepping stone into Doctor Who and we're learning things as she is, which I love. And also recently, I've really started to like Yaz a lot more. I feel like, um, you know, she gets to be a little more badass in the later series. But I, I kind of am a little disappointed they don't get to play off her religion a little more because they do mention it. So me as like, you know, you've had with Jodi being... A woman and divinity had Ruth and for me to see a Muslim girl because I'm a, I'm Muslim is have that character be there like they had that one big episode with her with her grandmother but they don't really do much with it anymore that's totally fair I get that I totally get that was there any other reasons that like those were your favorite companions oh, Dawn is just so much fun I love um, her her intense relationship is is so pure. It's like, it doesn't have to be romantic. It's just two friends traveling time and space together. And it's pretty perfect for me. Also, Dawn is just, she tells it like, like Divinity said, she tells it like it is. She's not going to shy away from anything, which is very, you know, admirable. And Catherine Tate does such a good job. So excited for her to come back. I know. I can't wait till we get into all of that. I think for me, Donna is also my favorite companion and I don't know if it has to do with the fact that I think that Donna's story arc was the best season and the best written Doctor Who 
for me personally i just think that that season was like 100 percent perfect the way it tied in all the little things that tied into this big finish at the end everything was perfect to me about that season so i don't know if she was my favorite companion just because i feel like she got the best lines and the best story arc maybe but i think Catherine tate is hilarious as donna she's so funny there's one line in particular that really made me love her and it's in the doctor's daughter where the the temp doctor kind of tells Donna, you know, I've had children before. And she looks at him and she's like, you talk and you talk nonstop, but you never say anything. And I always felt like that as the audience. And I think that she's really great as like kind of being the audience and being like, what the heck? Like, oh my God. Like she was so much more relatable than any other character up until that point. I also really loved Martha because of her boundaries that she set with the doctor she was always setting really healthy boundaries with the doctor. And sometimes, you know, she swayed into like back and forth with it, but it was very clear that she was very self-possessed and was of all the companions, like the most mature in my opinion. And then there's Bill Potts. And my toxic trait is collecting Bill Potts green accurate clothing. I have like so many of her outfits and I will keep collecting until I have them all. But I loved Bill Potts mainly because she just seems so honest and so real. And there's the scene where she first steps out of the TARDIS for the first time after moving in space and time and she runs to the bathroom and she has to like wash her face and she's like freaking out and she's always questioning the doctor like, why aren't we calling the police? Why aren't we doing this? She doesn't just go with the, with the flow she's always questioning the doctor and saying like, oh, we could not do that or that doesn't seem right. And so I really loved that about Bill Potts. So I think Martha, Bill, and uh, Donna are my favorite companions. And then the last question before we get into the discussing all of the recent news, well, I want to know why Doctor Who resonates with you. That is a question I feel it's like a little hard to answer. And just one sitting, right? Because it's like so much to unpack about the show, for sure. Like I would like be here like the way I've seen it all day. But I think the biggest thing for me is you have a show that didn't lean heavily into like CGI and all of these other popular story devices that we see now, right? It literally just like gave us characters we could relate to, ways for us to be seen. And I think that as far as sci-fi goes, it felt very inclusive. Like now, and I know we're going to get into that later, like talking about representation and everything, but like even before the news of Shuti getting the role, right? Like we had so much representation in this show. Like we got Captain Jack, who is openly fluid. Like I don't even know if we can give him a label. He was just fluid, right? <laughs> and like, you know, so many people of color and just women and it was it didn't really try to play it safe it just gave us like sci-fi and space and fun and lots of heart and you know I don't know I feel like this show kind of feels like friendship and I feel like that's what I love about it the most definitely just feels like friendship and that's what I like about it the most it's like it's a show you want to sit down with your friends and you want to watch it and you want to show it to everybody you love and everybody you care about and you just want them to have that experience for the first time because it just grabs you in a, in a place that you think that a show that has the aesthetic 
that it does wouldn't hold your attention like that. But the stories are so good and the way they time travel and told stories like Rosa Parks and like all of those things come together in a way that is just like so cohesive and so charming and funny and sometimes even sad and sometimes scary, right? Like every element you can think of is there because I will never, ever look at a weeping angel, not even a picture. My friend knows, like, do not send me anything. Like, I literally will freak out. Don't do it. <laughs> like, I'm terrified of Don't them. Don't play the mobile game. There's a weeping angel mobile game. No, absolutely not. I, you will never catch me doing it. So it has every element of everything. And it just, it feels like friendship. It feels like fun. So, yeah, that's that's my spiel. <laughs> yeah, I really agree with, like, pretty much everything Divinity said. But yeah, for me, it's very character driven. Like a lot of sci-fi is more about like the monsters and like the CGI and everything. But Doctor Who feels like it's more about the characters. And even like the monsters, they have their own character arcs. Like they're really not just there to scare you or be an enemy. Like the Daleks have this whole arc for them which I think is amazing because they get more humanized even though they don't want to be. But yeah, it's definitely very character driven and it's very like, it's very funny. It's very sad. Lord knows the show's made me cry so many times and I just know so much more pain is going to come. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, no, I am. I, I can use good cry sometimes. <laughs> I like when it hurts. I do. <laughs> But I, I think one of the big things about it is, like, it's not even just, like, the show itself, but the fandom can be, they can be horrible, but it does bring out the best people. Like, you make really good friends with it, and I think Allie is one of the best cons, because it's so intimate, and you get to meet all the, you know, like-minded people and connect with each other. So I think Doctor Who's really brought people together. Absolutely. And especially when it comes to Galley, to Gallifrey one, the convention, I have made some of the, my, the best friendships from going to Gallifrey one. I have been able, half the Temple of Geek team came from Gallifrey one, just like having, you know, we got Elizabeth and Dana and Maddie and Christina and so many people that were just fans of Doctor Who that went to Gallifrey one that ended up on our team. And really the fandom is like such a community and obviously every fandom has its dark side right mm -hmm. but for me i have made some really amazing friendships thanks to going to the doctor who convention in a way that i haven't been able to do with other conventions i've made friends at other conventions but not as seriously and as deeply as it is with Doctor Who. And I think that part of what that is, is that Doctor Who has so much humanity. Every episode has something about being a better human and being a better version than you were of yourself than you were yesterday. And the Doctor is constantly evolving and changing and hopefully getting better. And that really sticks with me. Um, especially like, I think a lot about like, Capaldi's run where the theme I felt in his run was am I a good man it's the question he asks himself at the beginning of his run when he asks uh, Clara like am I a good person and he's trying to figure it out but by the time he goes to regenerate into Jody, he has this list for her that he says you know always try to be kind all that kind of stuff and I really think that Jody's doctor took all of that into her character and she was a much kinder version of the doctor she was a much more 
you know, handing out gold stars to everybody. And it's like every time the doctor is like better than the last or trying to be a better person. And I love that. And I think that is also reflective in the Doctor Who community where so many of the fans have that same mentality where, you know, maybe I was imperfect before, but here I am always constantly trying to grow and be a better person. And I think that's what really sticks with me. I've noticed that the sci-fi shows that I tend to love tend to focus on the humanity of people like Star Trek and The Expanse, um, for example. Those are two sci-fi shows that I love the way that I love Doctor Who is that they're always saying we as humans could be better. But yeah, so for me, that's why I love Doctor Who. Um, but let's get into it. So today we're discussing the future of Doctor Who. And I do want to give a special shout out to Elizabeth, a writer for Temple of Geek, who goes by Lady of Time Cosplay, or LOT Cosplay on Instagram and Twitter. She did some of the great investigative work for us, uncovering what was confirmed and what wasn't confirmed. And she sourced all of the material that we're going to talk about today, whether confirmed or unconfirmed. So thank you, Elizabeth. Huge shout out. So let's start with the end of our last episode, the Easter episode. At the end of the episode, audiences were given a trailer for the, the next Doctor Who special, which we were told is when Jodie's going to regenerate. In that trailer, we saw that we were going to get two former classic Doctor companions, Tegan and Ace, played by Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred. And we'll also feature the Doctor's nemesis, The Master, played by Sasha Dewan. And it will see the return of Kate Stewart, played by Gemma Redgrave. Are either of you familiar with the classic companions, Tegan and Ace? And if so, what was your reaction to seeing them in the trailer? I am not familiar with Tegan and Ace. Um, so, yeah. And actually, I hadn't watched the trailer. I tried oh, not really? to. Oh, no, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I just, like, you know, try not to watch too many trailers. Like, sometimes the trailer can, you know, chop it up in a way that builds your expectations opposite how the story falls out and then like you end up disappointed so I am not a trailer girl I'll probably watch like a teaser here and there but um unless I'm at the movies I try to steer clear of the trailers so fair that's totally fair yeah I'm not familiar with them either like I know of Ace I've seen photos of her I know that she's got kind of like a feisty personality with like I think she was with uh, the seventh doctor um but other than that no if they could bring back any classic companion, I would kind of hope they would bring back Susan. Because I've never watched the the really older ones, but she's, you know, knock on wood, she's still alive. She's pretty, you know, a lot older, but even in, like, a little tiny part would be amazing. Uh, there's, like, so many companions that I would love. Like, I don't watch classic, but that would be amazing to come back. Right, and she was actually related to the Doctor. She was her granddaughter, so Susan. Yes. Um, I am not familiar with Tegan and Ace very deeply outside of Ace's costume because you see it everywhere at Doctor Who conventions and things like that. <laughs> Sophie Aldred did write a Doctor Who uh, novel recently, and so I am familiar with her work. And she is always at Gallifrey One, so I've sat in during her panels and things like that where they talk about, you know what it was like being the Doctor's companion and things like that. So outside of those, I, I don't know too much. I, it's hard to watch Classic Who. I know that the fandom will probably come after me, but I have tried so often to watch Classic Who, and it's just hard. It, 
the slang and the verbiage is very different. And on top of the fact that it's British and British slang that is not always used anymore, it's kind of hard for me to understand. So I feel like I'm always like, wait, what does that mean? And I'm like Googling what this word means. Um, so I'm not very familiar with them. I wasn't familiar at all with Sarah Jane. And then when she came in the episode with Rose and Ten, I fell in love with her. So I'm hoping to have that kind of experience with Tegan and Ace. I guess I spoiled the trailer for you guys. Sasha Dewan, who plays the master in Jody's run, and Gemma Redgrave, who plays Kate Stewart, who's, you know, part of UNIT, will be returning. Uh, do you guys have any predictions for the fall episode or for Jody's last episode? Mm. <sighs> Besides the fact that I'm going to be upset, <laughs> I have enjoyed Jody. At first, I was a little sad that she wasn't as aggressive and snarky as the guys. But like you said, Ian Peter gave that speech and she really took it to heart. And she's been that doctor who has tried to be more nice and like a little less sassily condescending so i don't know what other to expect other than they're probably gonna take it in a direction we don't expect and they're probably gonna make us cry <laughs> yeah we're probably gonna it's gonna be a tearjerker for sure i just wonder if because in the last two doctors uh, you know matt and peter they both kind of regenerated like with acceptance compared to like david who was you know I'm a mess still from that. And even, you know, even Chris, he was very, the doctor was very accepting of regenerating because, you know, at that point he kind of found out that he was a good person. Kind of, I, I think that's like, like Chris and Peter kind of like very similar in that way, questioning the, you know, their morality and then, you know, accepting their regenerations. So I wonder if Jody is going to have like kind of a bittersweet regeneration or if it's just going to be heartbreaking. I'm also interested to see how Yaz is going to deal with it all, given like how her feelings have unraveled for the doctor. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see. What What's the other guy's name? I almost called him Graham. Dan. Dan. There we go. I cannot wait for him. I love him. He's like so goofy. So I wonder if it's going to be like, if we're going to get some, a lot of emotion from him this episode, because I don't think we've ever seen it really sad with him. I think that's going to even make this episode even worse if he, like, starts to cry. Yeah, he's, like, unapologetically positive for the most part. Yes. Yeah, I, I really, I have no idea. The whole Flux event threw me for a loop because I didn't really, like, I was so confused with the Flux event. And, you know, I've loved Jody's run overall, but with the Flux event, I was like, wait, what's happening? And I know that a lot of things were cut short because of the pandemic and we got like a very short season, but there was so much that I wanted more of because they had some really great, interesting storylines in the flux event with Jody. So I was hoping to get more episodes out of there. So there's a couple things that I hope that we'll see. I really want to know how the weeping angels ended up, you know, working for the Gallifreyans. And I was hoping that we would see some kind of origin story for the Weeping Angels. I don't have any predictions for this fall episode because I didn't... Everything that happened in the Flux event, I could have not predicted. So I can only imagine that the final episode for Jody will be the same. My biggest question, I guess, is they had already said that Jody wrapped. And I think she just had a baby this week. So I'm very interested to see how the regeneration with her will go. 
if we will see our next doctor in her regeneration episode or if they're going to film something later and maybe she doesn't regenerate right away. I don't know. So she was supposed to have wrapped and her last episode was supposed to be this fall. But with everything going on, I kind of have a feeling that maybe we will see her regenerate a little bit later. So I guess with that, we can get into the next bit of exciting news, which is that award-winning actor Shudi Gatwa has been cast as the doctor. The BBC announced that Gatwa, who is best known for his critically acclaimed performance in sex education, is set to take charge of the TARDIS in 2023. So I guess I want to hear from both of you, what was your initial reaction to the news of who is going to play our next doctor? I was in bed scrolling on Instagram as one does early in the morning instead of doing what I'm supposed to do. And um, one of my mutuals had posted it and they're actually from the UK or whatever. So they like had the news <laughs> good and ready to go. And I hopped up in my bed and I was like, no way. And I was like screaming into the air. I know my neighbors were like, oh God, <laughs> living, <laughs> living next to a nerd. <laughs> Cause I'm like screaming into the air, like, no way, no way. Let's go. Like, I'm like so excited. I posted about it, went into my closet, got out my like, um, Hoovian-esque jacket and started making TikToks about it because I was like, we need we need to talk about this. And immediately, though, it made me think of the Fugitive Doctor because I know what she did for me. Shuji's going to do for so many Black boys and, you know, um, male-identifying people who see themselves in, like, in him as a character. So it's amazing. Like I, like I said in my video, I said she really walked so he could run. And I hope that what they're doing with his character is something permanent and long lasting and that we get seasons of him as the doctor. Um, Cause it, you know, honestly, it's about damn time. <laughs> it's about damn time for sure. Oh, I was so excited. Like I personally, I don't know him. I've never seen sex education. I just saw him and I was like, thinking that they probably wouldn't do another female doctor after Jody, at least not so soon. So I was hoping they would, you know, do a person of color. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, good. And to see that people actually weren't, at least on the Twitter announcement, people actually weren't jerks about it, which was actually really, you know, exciting. Because when Jody was announced, it was, it was chaotic. And still people are really horrible. It's like, I'm, I can't get over it. I have seen very little negative reaction to his doctor. I think one person sent me a screenshot of something that somebody had wrote. And I was like, don't, don't send me that. I was like, I'm filled with joy right now. I don't want to see. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if I have just filtered my Twitter and my social media in a way that I don't see hateful things, you know, because I'm very quick to mute and to unfollow and to block because I, I need to keep my timelines positive. <laughs> You know, there's enough in the world that's like traumatic that I don't want all this like drama. So I don't know if it, that has to do with the fact that I haven't seen a lot of negativity, but everything that I've seen about this announcement has been pure joy. Yeah, I saw his um, interview. He's like, how to keep it a secret since February. I can't keep a secret. And he just seems like such a big bundle, you know, of just, you know, he just seems like such a positive person. And it makes me really want to watch his show. Like, I don't have another 50 shows on my list already. I think, too, like, his energy is going to bring that, like, the thing that we loved about Matt being, like, the youngest doctor. 
I feel like we're going to get to kind of explore that youthfulness in the doctor again. And Jody as well, right? But like, you know, I feel like those three really bring something kind of whimsical and charming in, in a sense to the doctor that people now who are getting into the franchise, our generation can really relate to and enjoy. I saw a picture of him with blonde hair. He could, they could totally throw us for a loop and make him ginger. I hope so. Shoes, shoes he could rock any look. He's going to look amazing no matter what. And I, you know what I'm really looking forward to seeing is what's going to be his thing, right? Because like we had the hats and the bow ties and then like Jody had her like suspenders and like, you know, so it's like, I wonder what his thing is going to be. And I'm most looking forward to what they're going to make that. I am really looking forward to it because if the doctor ain't got nothing else, the doctor always has the swag. Like literally their swag is so eclectic and so funny. So I am totally looking forward to what's going to be his cool thing as the doctor. Maybe his, um, they probably won't do this. His doctor is very family friendly. Make him wear his little low cut jacket that was on the magazine cover. I, I'd be into that. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, like, I can't wait to see him regenerate into Jody's clothes. I just want to see him in Jody's outfit, like, for the regeneration. Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny because when I saw Jody's outfit for the first time in, like, the teaser poster that they gave us, I was like, oh, I don't like that, right? And, like, a week later, her universe announced that it was going to be a Comic-Con, like, exclusive three months you could only get it at San Diego Comic-Con or something like that and then it wouldn't be available until the fall and so when I walked into San Diego Comic-Con at the Her Universe booth they had the whole outfit there and they had a fitting room and I was like let me just try it on and I walked <laughs> out wearing I love it that. I, love I, was, that. I literally was like here's my credit card I'm just gonna wear it and I wore the whole thing head to toe and like, I was like, oh my God. And I'm over here complaining that I didn't like the outfit, but now look at me. And for the record, I have four of her coats now. Material girl. Yes. It's ridiculous. My, like my toxic Sorry. trait is having to have all the clothes you see on Doctor Who because like, it's such a thrill for me. I don't know what it is like, but I scour through all like the, like the behind the scene footage and like pictures to try to get their clothes. Cause you can buy most of it off the rack. And so, like I, like, I follow the costume designers, I find out where they shop, I find out where, like, where everything's at, and I try to get that clothes. But if you wait until the episodes air, the clothes is no longer available, or it's been clearanced out, or you have to find it on eBay. But if you look for them while they're filming, you can almost always just order it online through whatever store. That's and such a great tip. I'm definitely going to have to, like, look into that. <laughs> I love it. I could talk about like finding clothes for days. I should do an episode on like, this is how you find the clothes for Doctor <laughs> Who. I do it for like the Arrowverse stuff too, but I just like having, because it's subtle cosplay with Doctor Who, right? Outside of the Doctors, most of the companion stuff, if I wore it, nobody would know it was cosplay. Like, you know what I mean? So I just like owning it. Some people collect Funko Pops. I collect clothes. But yeah, so I'll probably be totally wrong, but I do want to see him in something colorful just because I like colors and I love to see those cosplays like the, you know, the sixth Doctor cosplays and the fifth Doctor cosplays. And, you know, everybody has like such great color and style and mm -hmm. I just want to and see And I feel like Shuti could hang a really sleek look too as the doctor. Like something colorful, something wild, something 
but like also something elevated, you know, where it's like, that's the doctor. <laughs> you know, I think had some of the best outfits though. Like Capaldi he was, was he had all the swag <laughs> for sure. And most of Capaldi's stuff you could buy in stores, which is very rare, yeah. with the exception of the coat, right? But like his t-shirts, you could find almost all of them in stores. <laughs> so, do you have any predictions or hopes for the moment when uh Jody regenerates into the next doctor? It's so hard, like, with predictions with this show. And I think that is what's beautiful about it. I think, like, because they're, I'm a big part of, like, the Marvel fandom, right? And, like, we have our source material, like, the comics and stuff like that. And, like, all these little Easter eggs that we could, like, pick apart to try to see what's going to happen next. And I think the thing I love about Doctor Who is, like, there is, there's no none of that. There's just sit down and watch the show, <laughs> and have a good time and it's such a good like it's such a good thing I think that there's it's hard to kind of predict what's going to happen next like you said we went through this whole flux and was like totally thrown for a loop of like what is happening wait Jody's and we've been angel like what what is happening like you know what I'm saying so I I hope my hope for this season is that they continue that and take us on this journey that is just so unique and sits outside of like most fandoms where they're not going by the blueprint of the most popular shows and stuff out there. Like they continue to do their own thing and they haven't stopped. And it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, my hope is that they never give into the pressure of what is popular over here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like outside of that BBC, um, airing like this the stuff that we watch over here in America basically like don't do it keep it keep it charming keep it unpredictable keep it ridiculous make us guess about the continuity give us head cannons like you know give us give us all of that so I hope that they really give um again Shuti like a, a long permanent and respectful run him being the first black man who's going to be the doctor um and that they give they keep on with that fun unpredictability yeah definitely doctor who's a really hard series to make predictions about i just hope jody's regeneration isn't like too heartbreaking which it probably will be but i also hope we get some more historical episodes for the life of me i can't remember if peter had any like they went in the past and you know bill wore her, her you know her like victorian outfit but I don't remember him meeting like historical figures that many of them. I'm not kind of thing. I don't think Chris really did either. But I really loved like, you know, the girl in the fireplace and having you know, Madame de Pompadour, Winston Churchill. And I would honestly love for them to do like Marie Antoinette would be such a good episode, especially if it takes place during the revolution. Because the doctor could probably, you know, almost get executed and then just sweet talk his way out of it. Christopher had, he met Charles Dickens and I think that was it. I don't know why I forgot about that because that's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> so, having recently come off uh, his critically acclaimed series, It's a Sin, Russell T. Davis returns as a showrunner for Doctor Who 12 years after he left the role. This was announced last fall shortly after the summer announcement that the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, and Chris Chibnall, the current showrunner, would be leaving Doctor Who after the third season of Jodie's run. Jodie's final feature-length episode, where the 13th Doctor will regenerate, will transmit in the autumn. 
um, as part of the BBC's centenary celebrations. Davies will succeed Chibnall, who previously announced he was going to hand over the keys to the TARDIS for the 60th anniversary. Davies was responsible for Doctor Who's revival in 2005 after more than a decade-long cancellation. He is often credited with bringing the show to a global audience and turning it into one of the most beloved sci-fi series. On top of the 2005 reboot of Doctor Who, he also led two spin-offs, Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. So what were your initial thoughts to Davis returning? And what do you think of the way that all this news has been revealed? Um, it makes me very optimistic because as a showrunner, I think that Davies did a really good job. So to know that we are getting a new doctor with an old showrunner who has a good track record, that makes me feel pretty good. I'm really interested to see if he's learned from any of the mistakes that fans have had critiques about in the past and to see how he moves forward from that. So yeah, I'm definitely like really optimistic to see, you know, how it all pans out because definitely one of my favorite showrunners um, gave us really good seasons and stories and, you know, direction as far as like how things were shot and just, it was just good all the way around. So not without its flaws, of course, but I'm still cautiously optimistic for sure. Yeah. When they announced that I was really excited because all of my like, favorite pretty much all my favorite episodes were during his run I think Moffat's a great writer and but I really love his episodes that he wrote under Russell The Empty Child is going to be my probably my favorite episode forever but just I think his endings are great he knows how to pack a punch so I remember Moffat saying that he wanted to do the worst thing to Donna in the library but Russell like just up the ante he goes no I'm gonna do the worst thing to Donna and I'm just like, oh, and I know he's going to he's going to make it even worse this time around. But also, I feel that he's going to do such a good job with Shuti because just seeing their interview together, they seem to have such good chemistry. It's like a bromance. And I'm so excited to see how he's going to direct him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you guys do have like a do make really great points, especially like about the way he crafts his stories. Some of my favorite overall story arcs like season arcs have been during Davies run and like you said I agree with the fact that I think Moffat is an excellent writer but as far as a showrunner I think that Davies was a lot stronger I sometimes think that Chibnall caved to a lot of pressure during Jody's run because I've seen Chibnall's other work and I just think that like maybe he had his hands tied on a lot of things. Some things kind of felt like unfinished or incomplete. Overall, I loved Chibnall's run as well. So I'm excited to have Davies back, you know, especially because I know that this is a passion for him. Doctor Who is a passion for him. He's very excited about it. He's always kept up with the series and especially like on social media. I don't know if you guys follow him on social media. But he's always supporting like current showrunners, current doctors and things like that. And his relationship with Doctor Who is really strong. The only things that do concern me was that during Chris Eccleston's run, Chris Eccleston has talked in interviews about how badly he was treated on Doctor Who and how there was a lot of toxic things that happened on Doctor Who that made him want to leave. Those are the things that 
I guess, kind of worry me is that like, well, he was the showrunner then. So how how involved was he in the things that were going on that Eccleston was complaining about? It's something that I kind of keep in mind, but it doesn't take away my excitement for him to be back because hopefully it was something that didn't involve Davies. Christopher Eccleston has never straight out said that, but he has said that his time on Doctor Who was not like a healthy thing. And he saw a lot of things happening on the show that he was not happy with as far as the way people were acting. So, Yeah. And that, that's why I said I'm cautiously optimistic or whatever. And some people didn't like some of the choices when it came to the black characters or how um, those stories are written. And now that we have a black doctor, I know that a big part of the doctor traveling is going back in time and how are we going to write that? Because as a black person going back in time does not sound appetizing to me. <laughs> it's hard enough to be in 2022, <laughs> like going back in time, you know, I wonder how they're going to write those stories with the black doctor, because we had instances where, you know, Martha did a lot of comparing of herself as like a critique that I've read about too, of like to, to him and to like other people, like, you know, so I just want to know like how they're going. And then like the, the black doctor who's a woman is the fugitive doctor, you know? So it's like, I hope that they have learned over the last couple years with, you know, um, more black people's voices and media being amplified and more education has come forth. So I hope that Davies and his team takes all of that into consideration, especially having someone as progressive as Shuti to be, the main character and our main like you know protagonist through all of this that the stories reflect something that is engaging and honorable and it's good representation that doesn't involve any type of like trauma you know um i don't know if i can say porn but like you know like that trauma stuff or whatever like we we don't want that we want doctor who to stick to the same format of like this whimsical adventurous solve that you know pull out your screwdriver and solve that thing um, and not to placate to the fact that he is black. I feel like a show that has done a good job with that and they can take a page out of her book is Shonda Rhimes running Bridgerton. So good because you have all these people from all different backgrounds just existing in this fictional world and no one is more beautiful because of their dark skin and no one is treated differently because of their their background or their race. They're just existing in this fictional world and everyone can be represented without the trauma being the reason why you relate to them. And that is what I'm hoping for. Like my whole heart is like, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> so yeah, that's where the op- that's where the cautious come and meets the optimism. I saw a lot of people talking about that. They said they hope they don't make so much of his stories just based on his race. And I totally agree. Because you see that so much with Jody of, you know, not about her race, but her gender of people like constantly condescending be condescending to her because she's a woman i think the one that really you know comes to mind is the Witchfinders episode where they're like a woman really and i'm like i do get that you know doctor who is very like unlike bridgerton it is you know rooted in like history so i do understand some of it but they could like you said they could take you know a page out of what they did with bridgerton like you know Nobody bats an eye. The queen is black. Nobody cares. She's the queen. She's, you know, it's just a normal, it's it's nothing, you know, to be confused about. And it makes it's, it so much more enjoyable. 
Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, now let's get into some nostalgia. So another big news that was announced was David Tennant and Catherine Tate returned to Doctor Who. This was confirmed by the BBC ahead of filming that took place in London. A few things to note is that the BBC announcement article avoids referring to, to David Tennant as the 10th Doctor. They say that they are filming scenes that are due to air in 20, 2023 to coincide with the show's 60th anniversary celebrations, which may indicate that this is not the 60th anniversary proper and may be parts of episodes leading up to the event of the 60th. Also, another thing to note, filming for the 50th started in April of the year that it came out, which it came out in November, and they didn't actually film until April of that year. So this is this filming is way in advance, though it could be because of actor availability. Neil Gaiman, who has been a Doctor Who writer in the past, has expressed interest in the third season of Good Omens, and David is due to be in a play that's been rescheduled twice now because of the pandemic. So, and those dates haven't been announced yet. So it could be a timing thing for, for David Tennant that they're filming so early. The official announcement said, and I quote, the doctor and Donna parted ways when the doctor had to wipe Donna's memory, making her forget him in order to save her life. He left her with her family with a warning. If she ever remembers, she will die. But the two came face to face once more. And now the big question is, what brings the Doctor and Donna back together? Also filming with the Doctor and Donna is a new character named Rose. It was announced that Yasmin Finney has joined the cast as another character called Rose and was spotted on set with the Doctor and Donna. A previous casting call from Andy Pryor resurfaced as the news of this broke. The call was for a trans femme guest lead in a major BBC drama, and they must be available to film May and June of 2022, which is now. And it called for someone who looks as if they had one white parent and one black parent. So the ongoing theory is that she may be Donna and Sean's daughter, Sean is Donna's husband, who we see Donna marry at the end of the episode for The End of Time Part 2, just before Ted regenerates. So, thoughts, reactions, like, what did you think when you heard about Donna and the Doctor coming back, Yasmin's announcement, and what are your theories? Um, my first thought was immediately yes. <laughs> immediately yes, right away, give it to me now, put it in the bag, like... David and Donna, and we talked about them earlier and how much we love them, right, in the podcast. But David and Donna are just like peanut butter and jelly. I don't want one without the other. Like, seriously. I think that this episode is going to be very lit. And it's going to be like that episode, I can't remember the name of it, but where all the doctors came together. It was like, but that one Spider-Man movie. <laughs> it was like that before that came out. I was like, oh my God, they're all in one movie, one episode. My predictions are that it definitely might be their daughter. That makes a lot of sense. I, I guess I'm just wondering like how they're going to write around her being able to remember and not die. You know, like she, like that's, that's the thing that I can't piece together in my head. It's like, what kind of crazy science thing y'all going to come up with? <laughs> so we can just like retcon this and move on. Like we're, we're like, you know what I'm saying? Like explain it and I'll believe Honestly, it. I don't care what it is as long as they get to be in the episode, but I just kind of want to know what it's going to be. 
I'm not a stickler for like, you know, this is canon, this is not canon. It's like, if it's my favorite character, just let it happen. Just let it happen. And this is one of those things I'm just going to let it happen. <laughs> Definitely, you know, was not expecting to see that at all. And just wondering how, like, what, when in the timeline it's supposed to be. Because I remember uh, saw Russell kind of teasing. He's like, is it a flashback? Is it a new story? Like, they haven't officially confirmed that Rose is Donna and Sean's daughter. But I think it's pretty, it's pre- it implies really hard that she is. So then again, it can't be flashback because she marries him after uh, the doctor erases her memories. It just makes me wonder, like, does she get her, how does she get her memories back? Also, if she is named after Rose, like, if she can't remember her, is it a subconscious thing? Am I going to cry? Does she have dreams like the doctor did when he was human of a, a blonde woman? I have all these same questions. The main thing that I kind of want to know about is Elizabeth points out when she wrote the notes for us that that they don't refer to him as the 10th doctor. Is this kind of some like multiverse thing? Because we, we had that before we know Rose is in a parallel universe, right? So like, was there, did she have a doctor over there? Is this our 10th doctor? He's not wearing the striped suit. He's wearing a plaid suit and all the behind the scene photos. It's very similar. He's also wearing a black coat in the behind the scene photos that we've seen from people who watched the filming. He's wearing a black coat and a brown plaid suit. This could be because he's probably can't fit into the other one anymore or the other one is like, I know there's only so many of those suits and at this point they're safe, they're conserving them to make sure that they're, you know, preserved for, for museum reasons and whatnot. So is this just giving him a new outfit or is this like a different doctor? These are just like the little things that run in my head. As far as timeline goes, it could be kind of current because the actors who play Wilford Mott, uh, Donna's grandfather, and Sylvia Noble were also seen on set. So all of this is unconfirmed. It's just what we've seen from people who were taking photos as it was happening. It was filming in London and people were it was very accessible to them. So we see Wilford Mott is in a wheelchair and Sylvia is there and clearly they're, they're older now. So I think the timeline could be present day and it would make sense. How long has it been since David was gone? Like 12 to 15 years? Has it been that long? Oh my God. It does not seem that long. (laughs) Wow. That just really did something to my brain. I was like, Oh my God, wait. Yeah. So, I mean, we're very close to 2025 is like three years from now. It'd be 20 years. When oh, it gosh. And David got three seasons. So it's 12, about 12 years. So it would, you know, it, the timelines would line up. The name Rose, I really want to know if it's something that as a trans femme, if Rose chose it for herself, maybe her grandfather told her the stories of, you know, Rose and and Donna and what they lived through and things like that. And also Doc in the Box, uh, cosplayer Doc in the Box pointed out, he said Donna was half Time Lord, half human. So could her daughter regenerate? Because like River, she could as well. Right. right. And even Jenny, who plays the doctor's daughter in that one episode, who Georgia Tennant, who's actually his wife now, um, mm-hmm. She doesn't she doesn't change form, but she does come back to life. She like regenerated in a way at the end of the episode and she takes off. So like what does that mean for for Rose? 
if she yeah. is Donna's daughter. Could you imagine Donna like seeing her daughter do something like that and she has no memories of where it came from? <laughs> and it's Donna, like she's probably freaking out. She would freak out so hard. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine her trying to take her to the doctor for the first time. Not that, like the hospital. <laughs> like to the hospital. Oh, I would love to see that. That would be so funny. Yeah. And then another thing um, that I don't know if you guys heard, but Rachel Talalay, who directed a few of the episodes during Capaldi's run, was spotted on set as well. So nice. for those of you guys who are fans of, of her filming, I think she did Heaven Sent. That was a good one. So she was seen back on set. So we're getting definitely a returning director. I don't know, lots of lots of people coming back. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> Could, and this is like a big if, could this tenant doctor be actually the clone doctor from Journey's End if they can open up parallel worlds? Like, so Rose's doctor, the one she's yes. with in the parallel universe. Oh. So not Jody or Shooty, but parallel, or Metacrisis doctor. Yes. Yeah. That's a good take. I like that. I hadn't thought of that. That didn't even occur to me. Because I know they've been doing him kind of dirty and like, um, well, I know Elizabeth complains about it a lot <laughs> of that one Target book. They like change his name and Rose is like, no, you're not the doctor. Yeah, it's like Corin or something. And it's like the dumbest name. Oh, another thing that somebody took a picture of from the set of uh, the episodes with David and Donna is that there's a, it looks like uh, David is holding a different screwdriver, not Jody's screwdriver. It, and they're all saying that it looks like 12 screwdriver. Mm. This could be the Metacrisis Doctor, like you said, because there's definitely a different screwdriver. And where did the screwdriver come from? Because they did have that deleted scene where Donna and the doctor give him a coral that he can grow and make his own TARDIS. So maybe he's, but I know they said the TARDIS on set was Jody's TARDIS, though. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing, yeah, is that the TARDIS on set is Jody's. So I don't know if that pokes holes in this theory. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, they have a cannon jumper that Rose and, and their unit came up with. So, or no, yeah, sorry, they can still, This is such, like, a big deal. I wonder if more doctors are going to gonna come forth because... I feel yeah, like I it might seen... be greedy if if Matt is just in there for like five minutes, just five minutes. <laughs> just give me five minutes. And I swear, if if at any point that shoots he's the doctor and the fugitive doctor shows up, I am literally going to be floored. I'm going to be on the ground. If there is some scene where like I wouldn't want them to like mammify her in any kind of way, like not to make her into like, oh, I'm coddling this doc new doctor. But like. To have that kind of same interaction that she's had with the other doctors. If there's ever like a a moment between them, I will literally, I could die a happy woman. <laughs> so right around Jodi's run, if you Google Doctor Who cast and, you know, the Google search page would come up, everybody was listed as the fugitive doctor except for Jodi. Which is a weird hmm. thing to have had happened. So Matt, David, everybody was listed as the fugitive doctor. 
which I mm. thought was really weird. So I kept thinking that at some point, possibly for the 60th, they would have some kind of storyline. Because I don't feel like Ruth's storyline is done, right? No. no, there's so much room there. I don't think they can wrap it up in one episode in the fall. So it would be really cool if the 60th revolved around that storyline of like how Ruth came to be the very first doctor or I think that would be really interesting. I was also curious to see if maybe this doctor is also a fugitive and they're all on the run. David, I mean. That would be really interesting. That would. And like Elizabeth noted in our notes was that they have not referred to David or Shudi as the 10th doctor or the 14th doctor. Whereas when they announced Jody's run, they said the 13th doctor is, is Jody Whitaker. But on these in the BBC press announcement, they just said David Tennant's back as the doctor. They didn't say the 10th doctor. And then when Shudi was announced, they didn't say, you know, he's the 14th doctor. So they said the new doctor just, yeah, they just right? said new doctor. Yeah. So obviously he's in it for at least three seasons. <laughs> as the doctor but i wonder if like the numbering of these doctors is going to change based on yeah. what out with the fugitive doctor or if they're just kind of avoiding referring to them as numbers just for the sake of referring like not doing that but the whole fugitive doctor thing i think we're going to see some i think we're going to see them more also like i was wondering if these episodes were going to be like in the 50th where we got uh paul mcgann back for like a little tiny mini episode, you know, when he, when we see him uh, become the war doctor. Yeah, that one was, that was good. Maybe. So I wonder if it's not, because they didn't say David and Donna are back for a full episode. They said they're shooting scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be possible that we're only going to see them for like a tiny little episode just to explain things and maybe it'll be that that leading up to like little mini episodes or we did see with like the pawns amy and rory had a bunch of little mini episodes pawn life or whatever like they kind of explained why they split up for a little bit right right the pawn life and i don't know if you stream them on hbo if you get those but they were on the dvds and then we got to see them live if you were watching it live but also with madame bastra and Jenny and Jenny and them, they also got their mini episodes leading into the new season with Capaldi. We'd love for them to come back, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just wondering if like what we're seeing here with David and Donna is going to be something like that, where they're just kind of like mini episodes and not like them actually part of the 60th. True. That'd be really interesting. There's just so much <laughs> to think about. Either way, I know I'm going to be like, I'm going to treat it like it's a three-hour feature-length film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just seeing them on camera again, I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry a little. <laughs> All right, guys. So before we wrap up, do you guys have any final thoughts, anything you want to say that maybe we didn't cover? No, we actually, I think, covered a lot. Uh, well, if it is a Christmas special, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was rumors that it might be a Christmas special. But according to the people that live in the area, those lights had been up all year long. So, But maybe they chose that location because it was Christmassy. <laughs> that would be really cool. Also, if if Matt Smith you know, is rumored to come back, maybe a reason for their filming now instead of like later, it's probably because he's got so much to do with the new Game of Thrones. 
I know they finished oh. filming that, but maybe like press and stuff for that. Yeah, yeah, press is. When is that? September. For Game of Thrones. Yeah, it, definitely in the fall. Yeah, so press would be happening in August. So yeah, they'd have to shoot ahead of time. If Matt was coming up, or after the press. <laughs> so, That's I mean, funny. I think. It, I think they probably have a lot of work to do if they're bringing back more than one doctor. I think just bringing yeah. Donna and like David back is a lot of work. And also this, they announced this early on because they were shooting in London and there was no way they were going to be able to avoid this. Like the whole world was going to see this because they were shooting. Yeah. Outdoors. But all the other stuff could be shot indoors. And so we might, I think that if they were willing to tell us David and Donna are coming back, that there's other surprises that we're going to get that are possibly yeah. bigger. They're just like, well, we'll throw them a bone so they can go obsess over that right now. And while they're not looking, just we're going to do all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Just, um, it's a good time to be a Who fan right now. And it really, really is. I'm very much looking forward to inviting more people into the fandom who are just now figuring out what Doctor Who is because, you know, Shuchi has been cast and they know him from his previous projects. So it's always nice to see a fandom grow and more people take interest in something you love because that means that it can continue to be made, right? Like we're all invested into this. We're all subscribing to whatever platforms it's streaming on. So that means that when they want to keep making it, you know, they have the numbers and stuff to keep doing that. And that's always exciting. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy to see the fandom grow and to just to be a part of it and that we're getting some like representation and they're breaking up the monotony a little bit of who gets to be the doctor and that, that feels great. So I am, I'm here for it. 100%. Yeah, pretty much just, yeah, everything Divinity said, it's such a good time to be a Who fan and I hope this brings, you know, more people into the fandom and, you know, even the people who didn't like want to watch Jody? maybe they'll want to now to see everything that leads up to uh david and donna david and Catherine coming back into the series it's just such a such an amazing show that i feel that people need to get you know get over what they think it should be because it's always changing anyway you know that's been established you know since the william hartnell yeah. i'm sure people were so mad when he regenerated you know, we all got over it. I think that's the beautiful thing about Doctor Who, right? Is that eventually you will find a doctor that resonates with you, a companion that resonates with you. And sometimes you just have to wait if a certain doctor or season or whatever is not for you. It's fine. Like, you don't have to love it. But, you know, right around the corner, there might be one that does. And I think that's really lovely. I, I love that it's always changing, always evolving, always growing. And I think that having a new doctor is a new opportunity for like new people to come into the fandoms like you guys said and I think about like my first doctor was Matt Smith and coincidentally that was I can't wait for Gallifrey one now it's going to be unhinged divinity yes. you have to come okay oh I'm, I'm there three okay tickets are on sale now <laughs> we already are they on sale now I will, I will get off the phone and look it up. It's crazy. They sell yeah. tickets in March, and then the hotel room blocks open in May, and it's not even until February, but we already got our rooms and everything. Oh, wow. That's so crazy. Pretty okay. sure the hotel is probably gone now, though, with the rates. It's 
It's yeah, I'm sure hotel rooms are gone now. It's crazy. Tickets are still there. So this con is really different too. I'm just going to throw this out there for listeners who've never gone to Gallifrey One. This con is completely different than any other con because it's so intimate. They only have 3,000 guests compared to like WonderCon that gets like 30 to 40,000 guests or San Diego Comic-Con and Anime Expo that get 100,000 guests there, right? So this is 3,000 guests and the con takes place in a hotel in the basement level. And so then on the lobby level, there's like this lounge area that we like to call lobby con and people just hang out there all day. And so much about this con is just hanging out with your friends and there's, there's great panels all day. The exhibit hall is like, it's okay. It's, it's there. But really what this con is about is like just being with like-minded people and being with your friends and hanging out and the cosplay and everything. And, and it's a very different experience. And literally the con goes until, I don't know how late you've gone, but I've gone two, three in the morning <laughs> in the hotel lobby, <laughs> just hanging out and people in their PJs running around. It's, it's a whole experience and I highly recommend it. And like I said, I've made some of my best friendships there. I'm like, what if they have David next year? He hasn't been back in a long time. He was there. They had Matt, too, there. That's awesome. Oh, that must have been a while ago, huh? It was a long time ago, I think. And then they had a Billy Piper was there one year, too. That was the first year I went, and they said she canceled because she was sick. And I was so sad. And then she showed up, and I'm, like, crying in my Rose cosplay. One February, it's amazing. It's my favorite con. All right, guys, this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today, and especially our guests, Nikki and Divinity, for being with us today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head on over to templeofgeek.com? That's where you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.